you for joining me today on the Press On podcast. We want to pick up where we left off. Uh, Today will be part two of the Covenant of Holiness. And I'd like to invite you to go back and listen to part one. Uh, I think there's some important things there that you can see. But uh, in order to move into today's teaching, we just remind you that uh, the book of Leviticus found uh, in the uh, first five books that Moses wrote in the Bible called the Pentateuch, that Leviticus is a uh, training manual, uh, in essence, that God gave to the children of Israel in order to train them up in the ways of God. It was a way that he would reveal himself to them. They would, by their obedience, of course, get covenant blessings, but one of the blessings, and I think the greatest blessing, is God would reveal himself to them, and they, in turn, would get to know God. He had said in covenant, I will be your God and you will be my people. What a wonderful uh, covenant uh, statement that is, and it's applicable today to every one of us who have been born again, walking with Christ, and we are called into a deeper and deeper relationship with God. As we began looking in Leviticus last week, we did a brief, what I called a flyover, if you will, of the first uh, 22 chapters. Um, And this is where I want to pick up. Remember chapters 11 through 22, God gave a number of laws written uh, out by Moses, given to the priest for them to execute and also to lead the children of Israel into a life of obedience and a life of knowing God in, in keeping these laws. These laws were given, in fact, specifically for holy living. Uh, And while we could go down into the verse-by-verse look, and that would be a worthy study, uh, it's it's quite interesting to to read those things. But keeping ourselves up on principles today, the, the laws that were given in chapters 11 through 22 correlate to the New Testament commandments that are given to us. And we reflected some on that last week. Again, encourage you to go back. But I want to pick up and specifically look at one verse in chapter 22, and that is verse 32. You shall not profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Israel. I am the Lord God who sanctifies you. Now, this verse, again, reflects the covenant of holiness that God had made. But it also shows through God's giving of the laws, that he was serious about the children of Israel living in holiness before him. And the idea that uh, the call of God to Israel was that they were to have a relationship with God, and secondly, they had the responsibility of being representatives of God to the heathen nations around them. Now reflect back a minute as you look in the Old Testament. You don't see a lot of evangelism, do you? You don't see anything like we see in the New Testament. Why is that? Well, I don't believe that evangelism was not there. It was there. It was in the the nature of Israel itself as it related to their holy God. As they lived holy, they set, as it were, a measure of holiness for the other nations. They proved to the nations that their God was different than all the other gods around them. Their God they had a personal relationship with. They had a God who walked in covenant with them. The other nations didn't have that. They were subservient to their God. They had to work for their God in hopes of salvation, and yet not really ever having uh, the security of knowing that they've achieved salvation. Their gods were harsh. 
They were, uh, they were of course, uh, demonically uh, infused. And here God is saying, I'm a separate God. But the only way they'll know that is if you live holy, if you live righteous before me. And he says to them, you will not profane my name. He is, he is uh, jealous over his name. He's jealous over his holiness. He was then, he is today. Today, these words still echo in our hearts uh, for us today in the New Testament, the New Testament church. We cannot profane the name of God. And he says, I will be. Now that is very affirmed, an affirmative uh, statement. I will be made holy. I will be seen as holy. I will be holy among you. I will find people who will be holy for me among the children of Israel. And then he says, but I am the Lord God, and I'm the one who sanctifies you. What a glorious covenant that we have there, that the holiness, the sanctifying work of God is his work in us. It's not our work to gain that holiness. We are made holy, and we live that holiness out. So this was being impressed upon Israel. I said last time that God was discipling Israel. He was discipling them as to who he was, discipling them in the ways that they should live, in a way that would reflect his holiness. And this carries over, of course, to us in the New Testament. We know that we're to go and make disciples, and we are to teach them all things that Jesus has commanded. There's 263 commands of Jesus in the New Testament, and these commands are not given for uh, us as suggestions. They're, they are given to us as commandments, that we must follow these commandments. We must walk in holiness before the Lord. And so we find this, uh, chapters 11 through 22, these laws were given as holy, uh, for holy living. Now, when we move on to chapters 23 through 25, in our flyover, if you will, of Leviticus, we'll find that there are seven feasts of the Lord that are mentioned there. Now, those seven feasts, and the word feasts simply means divinely appointed times. So these are seven divinely appointed times, special times, certain seasons had specific purposes in them. And no doubt that these seven feasts would be a wonderful study for all of us to make, and perhaps we will at another time. But I simply want to say that in chapter 23, verse 2, there was a holy convocation. And the, and the word convocation just means a large formal assembly. In other words, God himself, through the priest, called all of Israel uh, a large assembly, a sober assembly, and he begins to speak to them of these feasts. And again, it doesn't matter in Leviticus if we're talking about offerings and sacrifices, if we're talking about laws, or we're talking about these feasts. These were all manifestations that God designed in order to reveal himself to the children of Israel. They were also given for Israel to obey. And in obeying, they did receive blessings, but it, it wasn't that they could live sinful and then certain times live uh, in obedience and press the reward button. It wasn't like that. And it's not like that for us today. We are blessed uh, by God because we're in relationship with him. We're blessed because he is our God. And as we reflect that blessing, pouring it back to him in praise, back into to him in holy living, 
those it's a reciprocal. God says, you walk with me because of who I am and because I'm in covenant and you're keeping covenant, blessings flow. Many today think that they can live unrighteously and then call upon the name of the Lord and it's like a miracle and, a, and a, a, some supernatural event and God just unleashes blessings. My friends, it doesn't work that way. There are sometimes the universal grace and blessings of God are on us whether we sin or whether we don't. But the call of God is that we walk in holiness and our walk is, is the fruit of our salvation. It isn't the, it isn't the creation of our holiness but the fruit uh, of walking with Christ. So then if we continue our flyover, we end up in the last chapter of Leviticus, chapter 26. And these, uh, this chapter is a wonderful chapter, uh, and I think that it culminates all that God has been saying uh, in chapters 1 through 25. And again, Leviticus, I know, is not the is not maybe the greatest book in the Bible that you run to, but I'm hoping to spur some excitement in you and give you some thoughts as you would read Leviticus. And when you come to chapter 26, you'll, you'll, have, you'll have a reason to be able to lay hold of that chapter. Uh, uh, I think too often when we think of blessings or we think of judgments, we get convoluted in our thinking. I want to say to you that the coin of covenant has two sides. Uh, it has blessings and it has judgments. Now, many of you probably are thinking right now, you're in Leviticus chapter 26, but what about Deuteronomy chapter 28? And I say, amen. The Deuteronomy 28 is another blessings and curses or judgments that's listed. Uh, uh, is Again, it's the two sides of the covenant coin. And uh, we need to read Deuteronomy 28. And if you read it and you read Leviticus 26, and there's others, I, I, I want to think that it's Ezekiel chapter 20, carries some of the same thoughts. It's this, that when we relate with God, then blessings come out of relationship with him, not out of our works. But he's so serious about his holiness, and he's dead serious about us walking in obedience to him, that when we don't, then we have judgments that, are, that come upon us. So if we were going to take time to read Leviticus 26, and we would read through verses 3 and through 13, we would find, and I'm just going to mention these, maybe you see things differently, maybe you see some others, but I find seven blessings that are listed here. One, balanced seasonal weather, prosperous economics, societal peace, Victory over enemies, both physical and spiritual. Favor and increase of God upon us. The recognized presence of God. And freedom and liberty uh, within our covenant with God. Now, aren't those wonderful blessings? God says, when you walk with me, when I'm your God and you're my people, then these are going to be released to you through the covenant. And, and as you are holy because I am holy, out of your holiness, these blessings are going to flow to you. And my friends, if you're looking at your life and you're taking something of a summary and you would say, uh, you know, I don't see a lot of blessings, uh, I challenge you today to stop and to think. Think about your health. Think about your finance. Think about relationships. Think about tangible blessings. Think about things that we take for granted. 
The Bible says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. Hallelujah. We have these blessings, but specific covenant blessings come uh, as we walk with him as described in Leviticus 1 through 25. If you look at the judgments through verses uh, 14 through 39, there's a couple of things I'd like to point out. First of all, in simplicity, the judgments of God are everything that's opposite the blessings. So those seven blessings that I've spoken uh, to you uh, would not be blessings. In fact, they would be judgments. You would find these things not available to your life. But you read through here, I, I want to emphasize, because this is how I, it was emphasized to me by the Holy Spirit. God is serious about people who say that they bear his name, living in holiness before him and others. When you read these judgments, they should cause us a tremendous amount of soberness. I don't mean introspection to the point of depression and anxiety. Uh, that's not God but to inspect ourselves, to examine ourselves, to see how well and if we're in the faith. Because these uh, judgments that are given, they increase in severity. If you read through these in chapter 26, verses 14 through 39, and allow me to point out something here too. The blessings take up 10 verses in chapter 26. The judgments take up 25 verses. You'll find the same in Leviticus. Uh, I'm sorry, in Deuteronomy chapter 28. The blessings are listed, but there's way more judgments. Why? God is serious about this. He says, I am holy, you be holy. I will not allow you to profane my name. I will be holy among the children of Israel. I will be holy among the people of the church. I will be holy among the people who call themselves believers and Christians in the United States. He's dead serious about this, and these judgments uh, are quite sobering. Now, he lists judgments, but he, he lists them in four different sections. And again, I am encouraging you to go to Leviticus. Be a student. Don't cheat out on me now and just say, well, I've read it. Go back and read it and study it, and, and perhaps some that I'm sharing with you in these two podcasts will encourage you to do that. But you look here, I want to talk to you about these judgments because these judgments grow in severity. Uh, when you think of that, the question is why? God says, if you disobey me, these judgments will come to pass upon your life. Now, if you don't humble yourself, if you're not corrected, if these disciplines or don't work in your life to bring you back to a place of holy living, then I'm going to increase the judgments upon you. And it happens. In fact, there are four sections where he says, I will increase the judgments, the punishments, seven times. And that happens four times. So that's 28 times uh, the severity of judgments if we don't listen, if we don't turn. But now, here's the point. These judgments that come from God, there's two kinds of judgments. Uh, I'm going to say it two different ways. One is the judgments of God are redemptive, and then they are retributive. To say it in a different way, they discipline or they destroy. And this is what you see in these uh, Leviticus 26 judgments. Yes, if we sin, there's consequences to our sins. But more than that, he's saying, because you've defied my name, because you've defiled my name, 
I take this serious. And he comes again with judgments in order to turn us from our wicked ways. I want to uh, rem remind you, Hebrews 12, verses 8 and 9, God says he disciplines us for our good that we might share in his holiness. When bad things happen in your life, you should sit down, take stock, call on the Lord and see, have you sinned? Have you not walked with the Lord? And, and if so, let these things that are happening in your life drive you to prayer, drive you to come into his presence and be real with him and say, like the, 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 the man in the New Testament beating his chest, uh, look upon me, I'm a sinner, I've sinned against you. And God will forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. There's the redemption. There's the discipline part of the judgment of God. David, King David in Psalms 119 verse 67 says, Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But that affliction stopped me in my tracks. It forced me to take an account of my life. I stood bare before God, and I was honest and open, and I acknowledged my sin. So before I was afflicted, I went astray. But after, now I keep your word. Hallelujah. That can be for us today. Don't get down in the mully grubs. Don't let the devil condemn you. If you sin, confess your sins to God, and he will save you. That's the blessings, really, of his judgments, that they are redemptive in nature. It's for discipline, and that's because he loves you. Any parent that doesn't discipline their children, lets them be like free-range chickens, then uh, just grow up haphazard, in essence, they really don't love their kids. And God is a God who loves. He's a Father who loves. And so uh, these uh, judgments come, seek to redeem you. Now, it needs to be stated because God states it clearly, and it ends with this, that if you don't turn, if all these efforts and all these allowances for judgments to come into our lives because we are not walking correctly in relationship and we are misrepresenting God to the world, he says, I will unleash a judgment that in the end will be destruction. Now, that should cause us a great fear and trepidation. So today is a day where we can call upon the Lord and repent. And of course, we know that repentance is not only forgiveness of sin, but is a restoration back to holy living, regaining our footing before the Lord and to follow Him. So the promises of blessings and the promises of judgments are found here in Leviticus 26. Now, my friends, this whole study of Leviticus started as I was praying for some friends, and a few weeks back, the Lord impressed a statement upon me, and I want to end it with this today, that some Christians are willing to replace or reject God's very blessings with worldly ones that they deem equal or better, but they don't realize that to reject God's blessings is to receive God's judgments and consequences for sins. I'm calling upon you now. And it's been something I'm reflecting upon myself, and I call you to reflect. God brought Israel out and called them his own. He's brought us out of sin, out of the darkness, into his marvelous light. Let's walk as children of light. We can walk as children of light because he gives us all power and authority that we need in order to do that. And we walk in relationship with him. And today it can be restored and as it's restored, you will go and continue to be a bright light shining in a perverse and crooked generation where people will see God as holy. And in doing that, then God will uh, smile upon us 
and our lives will find its purpose and we'll be blessed as we move forward. So I encourage you with those words and uh, the Lord bless you and I'm praying for you. Until next time, bye.